Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Hi, Bill, good to talk to you today. Hi, Bobby, good to be back to talk to you again. <laughs> it's our weekly chat and boy, there's a lot of stuff going on. We have kids going back to school. There's talks of boosters and kids getting vaccinated, uh, flu vaccine. Where do we start? Where to start? I guess flu, I think that's just step back. Yeah. There's a lot of COVID news, but I think there's just a lot of news around how we're about as we go into the fall here around the respiratory viruses and the things that people need to do to keep themselves safe. As we now head into a season where it looks like there's going to be COVID plus influenza and RSV mm -hmm. and other viruses, which we did not see a year ago. So probably that's a really good place to start because I know there are a lot of people that have reached out to me with questions even around the influenza vaccine. Yeah, let's start with that. It's a good point because the CDC actually just met their uh, advisory committee on immunization practices and published their recommendations on August 27th. And one of the big things that came out on that is that it is okay, it is safe and effective to get your flu vaccine at the same time as your COVID vaccine. And that's yeah. big news because it used to have to be that you waited for a couple of weeks, then you had to set up another appointment and remember to come back. But now they have data and guidance that you can get them both at the same time. So it's a lot more convenient. Your body can still mount an effective immune response to both. And, and actually, it makes sense because that's what we're doing already, right? We do that with like our measles, mumps, rubella shot. We're, we're used to getting multiple stimuli at the same time. That's right. First of all, yeah, it is a common vaccine practice to deliver multiple vaccines at once. I think the other thing that's really important to remember is that people should get the flu vaccine this year. Mm -hmm. I think there's a little bit of a, of a, I don't want to say complacency, but you know, because we didn't see influenza last year, there was this big push to get people vaccinated and then we didn't see flu. And people have asked me, well, does that mean that we don't have to worry about flu anymore? Well, that's certainly not the case. And I think, again, what we're seeing really is a, to remember that influenza can be a serious illness, just like COVID. And B, is that the more that people get influenza, the more stress it's going to put on the healthcare system, which is something we're still dealing with here is extraordinarily high demand, particularly in areas of the country where we're seeing surges or swells in COVID cases. So all very good reasons to get your flu vaccine this year and your COVID if you haven't gotten your COVID vaccine. And to your point now, it's even more convenient for people to do so. Mm -hmm. Another reason to do it is that one of the things in the, in the flu season is we get sick and many of us go to a med check or to an emergency room or to our family practice or wherever we get our care. And typically there's a rapid test that you get that tests you for many different viruses to see which one you might have. It's important for people to know, but again, because of the global supply chain, that actually those tests are now in short supply. So mm -hmm. it's gonna be more difficult to get some of the testing, which is again, another good reason to get vaccinated and try and prevent getting sick. Yeah, that's a great point, Bill. Really, we should all be doing everything we can to stay healthy because there's going to be that strain on our healthcare system. And we've already seen some of the respiratory viruses coming back, especially in areas where masking isn't really widely followed. We've been seeing respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, peaking. So I agree. We don't know for sure. Last year, we didn't have much of a flu season, but 
prior to 2020, flu comes every year, it's seasonal, and we're just starting to enter the flu season. Well, I should say it's going to be later this year. This is the time to get vaccinated. Usually yeah. they say, you know, by the end of October, you just want to get it, I think is the bottom line. Get your vaccine. I actually have some statistics for you, too. Okay. Uh, look this, yeah, well, you know, I wanted to be prepared. So... <laughs> Flu is not a benign disease, as we said. It causes anywhere from 9 million to 45 million illnesses each year, 140 to 800,000 hospitalizations each year, and between 12,000 to 61,000 deaths each year due to influenza. And even if you survive, you'll still feel lousy and it'll put you on your back for at least a week. So you don't want to go through that. The one year I, I signed off to, oh, I don't need the vaccine was of course the year that I got sick it was influenza and it was a horrible experience. Oh so you can that. tell us firsthand. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. Uh, a fever of 105 is extraordinarily uncomfortable as well as Ooh. dangerous. Yeah, and of course so. the symptoms with flu and covid overlap so much other than the fact that covid it tends to have more of a loss of sense of smell and taste but you can rarely see that with flu and otherwise the symptoms are almost the same. So you wouldn't know, you'd have to enter the healthcare system, go get an appointment and it's going to be busy and there's going to be limited tests. Yep. So maybe that's right. the next topic to talk about because testing is short. There's increased demand with kids going back to school and people traveling again. And, and we are seeing some shortages, especially for those rapid point of care tests. Yep, that's right. We are. And those are the tests a lot of times we use when someone comes to a healthcare setting and they're sick and we have to determine how we're going to manage them. And so if we can't determine if they have COVID quickly, it becomes much more of a challenge. So there's a shortage there. There was a news last week that the federal government is going to try to increase supply of those, as well as increase supply of antigen tests, which will help. Those have a role, but there's still the role of the in-lab testing. And the other thing we're seeing, it's becoming very difficult for people to get swabbed. Either they're in areas where there's a lot of cases, and so the swab centers, if you will, are overwhelmed. In some instances, people started to stand down some of those facilities because of short staffing and because the demand for testing was low. There's a lot of good reasons to try and stay safe right now, yeah. even though we're much better at man diagnosing and managing COVID than we were a year ago or certainly 18 months ago. Still a serious, potentially serious disease. Still lots of good reasons to try and, and to do the things that are easy to do that help keep you safe. Yeah, great point. And so if you haven't gotten your COVID vaccine, now is the time. So I have more statistics for you. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> it's a statistics kind of day. So yeah. when I was looking at influenza and how many deaths is caused by that each year, remember I said it's somewhere between 12,000 to 61,000. Well, in 2020 alone, COVID caused 345,000 deaths. So 345,000 deaths in 2020 due, due to COVID compared to somewhere between 12 and 60,000 deaths due to influenza. So COVID is definitely a major cause of morbidity and mortality right now in the United States and throughout the world. And in fact, the CDC it, it ended up being ranked the third most common cause of death in 2020, wow. just after heart disease and cancer, then COVID. So COVID's serious, more mortality than influenza even. So when we talk about getting your flu vaccine, yes, go out and do it, but make sure you get your COVID vaccine too. 
Yep, that's right. And to do the things that to help keep you safe. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's a lot with kids going back to school. It differs by school district, even in terms of what the measures will be that are in place. They're still recommending masking. The teachers yep. need to get vaccinated. The age eligible students to get vaccinated as well. There was just some news this morning that Pfizer's preliminary data looks like the vaccine is safe and effective for age groups 5 through 12. So that gives us hope that there might be even this year FDA approval of vaccines in that age group. But as we saw with boosters, the boosters, that was held to a very high bar. This will be held by FDA and by the advisory committee. And I think that, that it's certainly for kids, typically for vaccines, that data is even more heavily scrutinized, again, because they're younger. And so you really want to make sure you're striking the right balance of protection mm-hmm. versus safety. And so give us great hope that the vaccines will be more widely available for school-age children, but it's not something we can bank on happening this fall. So it's really important for us to stay vigilant. I think that's both in keeping doing the protective measures that you feel comfortable with, and number two, or that you require for your school, more importantly. Number two is, I think for all of us, if we're feeling ill, going all the way back to early 2020, if you feel sick or if your child has symptoms, keep them home. I know it's hard people going back to work. Hopefully many people have worked from home and other things. It's not easy, but it is really important here in the fall that where we're worried about the spread of COVID and other respiratory viruses that just kind of good common practices around, you know, if you feel sick, stay home and be safe for yourself and also for others. Well, yeah. And you know, I, one of the things that I've enjoyed part of the silver lining of this otherwise terrible situation is that I haven't had a cold, knock on wood, this whole time. Part of that's because we're masking, but also I think because people are being more cautious about staying home when they're sick. And I think that's something we need to encourage whenever possible. Knowing that that's a challenge for some people, if you're working in the food service industry or you can't work virtually, or if you have kids, you know, it's hard to find childcare for them. But, you know, I I think we need to get away from that mentality of that you should just come in and tough it out because then you're at the same time spreading your germs all over the place, too. That's right. Yeah, you're toughing it out. You might be toughing it out for yourself and making it tougher for someone else. And it is interesting. I've traveled by plane for the first time here in the last month since the pandemic struck, and it is different. It's different to travel by air. Delta, which is my carrier, has done a lot. Dr. Henry Ching is there now as a chief health officer, a former Mayo employee and colleague. A lot of places have taken these measures to, for cleanliness and for air handling and a lot of these things. The interesting thing is that there is a debate, well, does COVID, is it spread off surfaces or not? And, you know, we need to step back. We talk so much about COVID, but your point, the big picture is we know there's a lot of viruses that are nasty to catch that you can catch off the surfaces. So, Again, hopefully the practices that we put in place with COVID will be durable because illness is a big cause of loss of productivity. It's just not fun. Um, There's a lot of good reasons to keep people from getting sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've covered a lot of things. I guess the last thing that we just uh, haven't touched on yet would be boosters. I don't think there's a lot to say at this point. It kind of goes to what you said about vaccinations for children. We know that There's more information coming out about boosters, but the FDA isn't just going to approve them without really looking at the data to make sure it's safe before they recommend widespread boosters for everyone. So right now, boosters are recommended for certain populations. Yep. The data all along has been scrutinized from the benefit versus the risk of using a vaccine, which is still relatively new and which appears to be low. I mean, we know for for individuals who are immunocompromised, for instance, and probably for the elderly who just have 
an immune system which is undergone senescence, meaning it starts to shut down like a lot of things as we get older, unfortunately. <laughs> those, the benefit is clear, right? For those who have a competent immune system, there is benefit still, but the benefit's more incremental. I think that's really where the FDA was at, was to say, well, for a more incremental benefit, maybe we should look at more data and get more of a better understanding because there is an increase in side effects with each dose. So those are some of the things. There's also interesting studies coming out. I just tweeted one, I know, about at looking at prior infection, because that's another thing that has been a really hotly debated topic is to how much is prior infection protective versus not. We'll probably see more. It will continue to be a moving target as we go forward, but that target is always moving and trying to keep us safe from COVID while also making sure that any measure that we take is really thoughtfully evaluated. Yeah, I think that's something that's good to just keep reminding ourselves is this is not getting pushed through in a haphazard, irresponsible manner that the data are really being evaluated and, and the FDA is really keeping us safe by spending that time. It's, you know, multiple groups looking at the data. So when we do have vaccines, boosters and vaccines for children available, they will have really undergone that thorough process. That's right. And I think it's, you're right. It is important to remember because I think there's people on both sides. So mm-hmm. a lot of us want COVID to be over, think that we can just get as many people vaccinated as possible. We can get back to normal, which is true. But others that really want to be sure that we're not being hasty, that this isn't being kind of uh, ramrodded through for political reasons or other reasons. And so I think knowing that the authorities that are charged with making these decisions are still using the best science available for our public health is really important. And so I think that's key. Yeah. Well, phew, that was a lot of topics, but we had a lot of things to update on. So that was good. I'm yeah, sure there'll be more things. Today. Yeah. So next time we talk, I'm sure we'll have uh, probably more updates on back to school, you know, because all the kids are pretty much back to school now or will yep. soon be. And so we can talk about that and some other things at our next uh, meeting. Pretty soon, we're going to be on Halloween again. So then we can maybe do another Halloween-themed one with have a little more fun with it. Ooh, I like it. All right, well, you have to think about that. That's right. All right, I'm going to start planning. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, talk to you next week then, Bill. Look forward to it, Bobby. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.